BDR's Prime Resources Podcast is dedicated to providing you with the knowledge you need to help your business achieve prime results, with prime being the most flourishing stage or state. Let's do this. Welcome to the Prime Resources Podcast. I'm Matt MacArthur, BDR's Director of Training. Today, our topic is what owners need to know about bookkeepers. Joining us today is Laura Finley. Laura is a BDR financial coach. Laura, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Matt. Thanks so much for having me. Very glad to have you. And I would uh, love for you to give a little uh, background to our listeners on what you do at BDR and, and your industry background. Sure. I am a financial coach with BDR almost three years now. I was in the industry previous to that and also a BDR client. So I've learned a ton about financials in regards to BDR's processes and procedures. So that's what I teach every day is how to get your financials together so that you have a a good tool and a good resource to learn how to run your business better. I'm outside of Denver, Colorado and work from home and yeah, love BDR. Awesome. Well, thank you. We're very glad to have you. And uh, our topic today is, is is what owners need to know about bookkeepers. So from everything you just said, I think you're the perfect person to have on uh, to talk about this. And uh, the first question I wanted to ask you was, what do you see as the biggest challenge that bookkeepers face uh, in their jobs? Yeah, so oftentimes I would say there's a big disconnect from bookkeepers and the rest of the company. Um, not always, but but sometimes everyone else is sort of, you know, when you look at installers and service technicians, they're out in the field getting their hands dirty. Bookkeepers are in the office and they're just looking for information. So I would say sometimes there's a bit of a disconnect there. And so a big challenge that comes across, I would say, is information flow. Um, oftentimes in a smaller company, an owner sometimes has all of the info in their head, you know, and they decide to order or order, hire a bookkeeper and, um, trying to get that information across to a bookkeeper to have accurate data input and output is, is pretty difficult. So as a bookkeeper, as an employee wanting to do a good job, um, I guess asking for and receiving information can be a bit difficult. Yeah, it would be nice if we could just order up a bookkeeper when we needed one, wouldn't it? I know. <laughs> You're right. Uh, okay, so that that's interesting. A, a disconnect, kind of an information disconnect, because my view of, of a bookkeeper is, yeah, they're kind of a, a prisoner. If they don't have information, they they can't really function in their job. Um, so how do you uh, bridge that gap between an owner and a bookkeeper on that information flow? Yeah, absolutely. So um, a bookkeeper, like I said, at the end of the day, they are usually a meticulous person. They want to do their job well. They want to input the data accurately and timely, typically. And so um, an owner often misunderstands that, or even other employees misunderstand that as kind of a nagging situation. I need this and I need it now. Um, So I think understanding that, you know, the team and especially the owner and the bookkeeper, they often have the same goals. They want their books to be straight. And so I think first understanding that you're coming from the same place and you're coming from 
uh, wanting to have the same end result can be really helpful in learning how to communicate. Yeah, that, the, the communication aspect of this I can see being very important just for what you said there where um, understanding it from the bookkeeper's perspective that um, they're asking for this information because they need it to do their, their job. Um, mm -hmm. So let me ask you this. Um, when when an owner wants to order a bookkeeper uh, or, <laughs> or find one, um, it sounds like that, that relationship you know that the owner has with their bookkeeper is going to be a really important one to the business. So what mm -hmm. what what are the kind of things that an owner should look for in a bookkeeper to make sure that they're going to be a good fit? Yeah, great question. Um, I am a fan and have always been a fan of hiring uh, based on teachability and personality rather than hiring someone who went to school for accounting or has a degree uh, in, in some sort of accounting CPA tax situation. For example, I am a liberal arts major. I did not go to school for accounting. Everything that I learned was in the industry and then learned uh, from BDR when coming on as a as a coach. And so you don't have to necessarily have that background. You just want to hire someone who is going to fit the mold of what a bookkeeper should be. Um, and some of those things are, you know, some of those features you want to have in place are attention to detail, um, ability to be very consistent, um, proactive if proactive if there is an inconsistency. So if something looks weird or is abnormal to the process, you know, saying, hey, there's something wrong here. And then, of course, your bookkeeper's dealing with money. Um, at the end of the day, that's a big deal, um, keeping all that data straight and making sure it, it it's uh, correct. So you want someone who's trustworthy. So somebody who's not going to be bored with looking at the same details every week, kind of doing the same job all the time and enjoying that detail for sure. Okay. Uh, attention to detail, proactive, uh, some of the things I heard there. I, I happened to do a little bit of research in preparation for this uh, discussion today and looked up kind of the characteristics of a, of a good bookkeeper. And mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting because I, I want to contrast it with what you said a little bit. Um, the four, there were four things in this article that I found. Uh, one, they had to have good business knowledge about how that type of business functioned. Um, a customer service approach, which I think you you kind of got to. They're efficient, and then they have good accounting expertise. But what mm -hmm. I what I heard from you is maybe that accounting expertise is not as important. Um, that's something that could be developed if they have some of these other pieces. Yeah, I I really do think that um, I've experienced that personally in the industry and also with clients. If you're hiring someone um, that you know that you can trust and who's going to be very consistent and, like I said, very teachable, I think the the principles of accounting in our industry they aren't very difficult. Once you can put certain pieces into place and you have, for example, your profit and loss statement accurate and timely and and working for you as a tool, all you really need to understand is how all those all the data entry pieces you're implementing come together to paint a picture of financials. So as long as that can be taught, I, I don't always necessarily, necessarily believe that someone has to have this big background expertise. And of course, that's where we come in as financial coaches. We can teach all those things if you don't know them already. 
Yeah, and and we'll get to that a little bit later about mm -hmm. um, what BDR does to support uh, bookkeepers and and on the financial side. You know, and, and one of the things we talk about in some of our other training classes is hire for attitude, train for skill. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's just like when you're looking for a technician or a salesperson may not be somebody that's been steeped in the industry and as a 20-year veteran that's going to be the best fit for your company it might be that person as you said that is is teachable and has a lot of other great qualities that are make them a great fit for the position uh, so let me ask you this laura what happens if the owner maybe the financial side of the business is not their strong suit and and now you know, we're 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 suggesting, hey, maybe they they hire somebody that's not um, steeped on on the accounting side. How does that that gap get bridged there? So I know you said we'd get to this eventually, but that's also where we, we can, can get come to it in. now too, if you want. <laughs> okay, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So um, yes, a lot of times our clients um, are a smaller company. A lot of my personal clients are, they have a smaller company and they may have started, you know, in the kitchen, at the kitchen table with their wife doing the books or something like that. Um, and they do want to expand and grow and they don't have the capacity to really take care of the books like they used to. So they're looking to hire a bookkeeper. I still would give the same advice, even if that owner is not um, super, into the financials and, and very understanding of how it works because I do believe that we can give the tools to both the bookkeeper and the owner to understand how the data is entered, how it's reporting, what that reporting means, and be able to really uh, give the owner especially the tools to hold a bookkeeper accountable and also make sure that you know everything is, is as it should be because <laughs> um, that can be really scary, hiring a bookkeeper and kind of handing off something that you personally normally do. Yeah, absolutely. And so well, let's dive a little bit deeper into some of that. You mentioned holding the bookkeeper accountable. T mm -hmm. Tell me more about what you mean by that. So I think the tendency sometimes or that I've experienced is an owner will find someone, maybe who they know, um, who's recommended to them to be a bookkeeper and uh, maybe a family friend or something like that, someone who they already have uh, some sort of trust relationship with. That's not always what happens, but often the first bookkeeper is that kind of person. And they tend to kind of just give everything all over to the bookkeeper and say, oh, I trust you, it's fine. You know, I don't need to look at anything or see anything. Um, so I think no matter who your bookkeeper is, and, and this is coming from me, I was a bookkeeper, <laughs> you want to have back-end accountability. So you, it, not because we think anything negative is going to occur, but we just want everybody to be in a good working relationship. We are all informed. We all know what's going on. It's very black and white. So the accountability from an owner's perspective is still to be involved in the financials, to know, enough to know what's happening. Um, they're just not having to do the, the data entry points, so the, the parts that take a really long time and a lot of attention. So they're looking at bank statements and credit card statements and uh, reporting out of their own financial um, software. Okay. And so uh, how often should a bookkeeper and an owner kind of get together to 
um, after the bookkeeper's done the detail work and, and wants to share some of these things with the owner that the owner needs to review? Mm -hmm. So I would say in general, at minimum, you would want to be as an owner looking at your reporting once a month. Now this feels like not very much and that's kind of the first goal that I want my owners to get to because some owners that we bring on aren't really often looking at the financials at all. And so um, after we really get in deep with the bookkeepers and assure that what we're entering is accurate, it's timely, then the next step is to get the owner involved saying, here are your financials, they're now correct and they're now a tool for you to use. So now we want you to look at them and actually use them, actually you know, gain information from them. So I, I usually start out once a month. So we have two calls a month typically with clients. The first call is normally um, a process procedure implementation call. And my second call I use as a financial review. I invite all my owners to these calls um, and we go over different reporting. We talk about why certain numbers look the way that we do. they do. We ask questions. Uh, things like that. So I, I minimum that. But if they're very involved in financials, I push them further to have, uh, for example, an accounts receivable meeting once a week with their bookkeepers to make sure our collections are happening because that directly affects our cash flow. Um, it's important to know what bills your bookkeepers are paying. Um, so that potentially could happen once a week, once every other week, depending on your bill pay schedule. So I want my owners very involved. It's uh, not initially something that typically is happening, but that's often a goal to get them much more involved than they are. Yeah, and I can see that if if we're if they're doing that more often, <clears throat> the communication is going to be better. The trust is going to be developed, you know, over time by by working through these things together, uh, and kind of get to that point where um, it's a very smooth operation over time. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. So, um, I, and I remember you, you mentioned uh, that the accounts receivable meeting. That was one of uh, uh, Barry Burnett, you know, BDR uh, partner and founder. That was one of his core teachings: was to bill and collect daily, um, mm -hmm. and and having an owner have an awareness of that, as you said, I think is is really important. So let's let's flip this around a little bit, Laura, because um, we've been talking a little bit about you know what what the owner needs, you know, and how they work with the bookkeeper. What is a bookkeeper expecting from their owner? Um, what do you see from that side? Yeah, so like we said at the very beginning of the call, really the information flow, uh, like I said before, and we both mentioned that a bookkeeper cannot do their job well without information. And if they don't have the information, it can cause like a, a very, uh, just like a a situation of tension and, and just always being the person who's asking for things, asking for the same things over and over again, that can be, it can be difficult to overcome. And also, um, you know, your job satisfaction, I would feel kind of would maybe go down in that way, or, or the value you feel as a team member could, could come down, your morale as a team member could come down. If you're constantly having to be the one to beg for what you need. And so I think from an owner's perspective, that person can really be a huge advocate for the bookkeeper so they can enforce 
um, the different processes and procedures. And another thing I'll mention is often uh, when a bookkeeper does not have, for example, information about credit card transactions. The person they're normally waiting on is the owner. The owner has used the credit card and we don't have the receipts or the information. And so I, I always will say, you know, the last person to do this the right way will probably be the owner. <laughs> and that's why I like to get them involved and say, listen, if this is going to be a good process and if this is going to be um, going to contribute to your accurate and timely financial data, you have to really be kind of leading the charge on that, that process change and really in, enforcing it, but also doing it yourself. You're also turning in receipts. You're also giving invoice information and PO information to the bookkeeper where appropriate. So that's something I like to push because I know that it's a struggle for most owners. They will push a process but not follow it themselves. Um, so I think turning it around and being an advocate and, and really leading the charge in a, a new process of communication is, is a huge game changer for a bookkeeper. Yeah, uh, do as I say, not as I do, uh, as, as they say. Um, so, so let me, let's dig a little bit deeper on this. So if, if you're a bookkeeper in this situation where you're not getting the information whether that you need, whether it's from the owner or from someone else, what, what moves do you have? What, what do you do? How do you take action? I think it would be important to go back to the owner you know, if that if it's that much of a problem and if it's that much of something that's a struggle and really sit down and come uh, to an agreement of what the expectations are. A lot of times a bookkeeper and an owner can be on different pages. A bookkeeper is trying to do one thing. An owner is just trying to run his company. And so I think sitting down and really saying, OK, we are on the same. We have the same goals. We want this financial tool to be in place so that you can, you know, you as the owner can make good decisions. I need the information to actually create that tool for you. So I think finding the common ground and deciding what are what are your expectations as an owner for me, a bookkeeper, and then saying these are the items that I need in order to make that a reality and I need your help with it, I think is a really good place to start. Just trying to come to a place of understanding uh, together will really solve a lot of a lot of miscommunication between an owner and a bookkeeper for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's some of the most powerful meetings we've had internally at BDR have just been when all the people involved in a process sit down and it used to be we'd sit down in the same room, you know, or or maybe we're doing it on a, on video calls now, but just as you said, going through the communication and where those the gaps are, and and he, letting each side talk about what they need and when, um, yeah, you can mm -hmm. really solve a lot of issues um, when you do that. Uh, mm -hmm. Let me ask you this, uh, somewhat related: if we're if we're hiring a bookkeeper that's uh, maybe not super experienced has a great attitude, has some of the other qualities that we're looking for. Um, maybe they don't, maybe that company doesn't have a BDR financial coach like you to help them out. What sort of training is that bookkeeper going to need? Um, I think outside of BDR coaching would be <laughs> maybe some other BDR training, <laughs> okay. BDRU classes on 
uh, QuickBooks for contractors or our accounting office management classes are really good. Um, I think depending on the software that the company is using. So often we are, are most of my clients, I would say, are mostly using QuickBooks um, as their accounting software. So maybe some training there. The only problem I would say, or not necessarily problem, but the only deficiency that you will get, I think, from just generic accounting training is not the industry piece of it. So for example, you know, if you go through any sort of accounting training with QuickBooks, you know that you're entering invoicing and that invoicing dollar is directly affecting your reported revenue, okay? And so that will still happen if you learn about how do I invoice a customer um, and collect the money and deposit the money into our checking account. You'll learn all of those principles. But with BDR, we focus from, our, our accounting focuses from an industry perspective. And so we would put something into place like departments. So install versus service. So if you don't have that industry piece of it, your generic accounting will get you there. You know, you'll you'll be fine. You're still going to be able to record the revenue that you produce, the expenses that you're incurring and all of that. You just may miss out on how is my install department doing versus my service department? Um, are we spending too much money on labor? And, and does that indicate maybe a labor management issue? Um, because we do we do coach from a perspective of industry standards and industry benchmarks when it comes to things like labor and equipment cost and parts cost and things like that. And so I don't, I'm not really sure of anywhere else where you could learn those pieces. Um, and that's coming from, obviously I work for BDR, so that I believe in what we do, but also from a client perspective, I didn't really come across any other expertise like what we give from an industry accounting perspective. Yeah, there, there's definitely unique value that BDR brings with our, our industry knowledge. Um, and so let's, um, another question for you on that. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about the coaching element of um, what you do as a financial coach? Because some of the things you were just talking about, you know, it, I think maybe when people hear about financial coaching, they're thinking, well, yeah, they, they, they get the numbers in the right order and that's kind of, kind of it. But it sounds like there's a really a lot more to it and really helping people understand the numbers and, and make decisions based on those. Is that the right track? Yeah. So there's so many little parts of financial coaching. The cool thing is, is that we do follow what we call a prescriptive process so we start basically from the top and work down a list, um, not necessarily always in order, but we do go through a specific set of topics and teaching points and verifications to make sure that everything actually is in place. I always tell my clients when they come on uh, coaching and I'm kind of doing an introduction with them, you can head coach. We have head coaching with BDR. You can head coach forever. You can have that coach for as long as you exist as a company because your company will constantly evolve and change and grow. Financial coaching is just a little more set and finite. Once you learn everything and you're empowered to do things on your own, you may not even really need us anymore. So we do follow a certain set of procedure and process to get everything you need in place. So um, the goal, I guess, overarching is to, like I said before, empower your team where your accounting is being done correctly 
and in a timely manner so that you can use your financials as a tool. That's just our big picture goal. And that's what we ultimately work towards from day one. So the, the steps to take to get to that point and reach that goal are things like, you know, initially getting that information flow, like we talked about earlier, uh, to, to go in the right direction. So what, where are all the pieces of information that we need? Um, you know, an install situation that occurs and we need to bill for it. Who knows about that? Who's going to tell the bookkeeper that we need to bill the customer? How is that information going to come across and, and come to her desk or his desk? And so making sure the information is flowing. And then a, a, a kind of a next big picture step would be to get all that data entered correctly. So which account are all these things mapping to? How are these expenses being classified and accounted for? When are we paying our bills? Um, are we getting, are we correctly booking, you know, promotional things that we give to our customers? Are we tracking maintenance appropriately? There are tons and tons of topics that we, we go over. Um, and so, and like I said, though, the big picture goal is to empower all of our clients to say, I know exactly where we are financially. I can make a decision on whether or not I can hire another person, hire another tech, afford more training, purchase a new vehicle, um, give everybody a raise. You know, I can look and, and know with confidence that those are things that I can afford and I know why I can afford them because I know what my financials are telling me. Um, so that's that's really, I guess, the big picture of what we do. Um, we do, like I said, two calls per month initially. We can always do additional billing. We have on-sites available where I would go out and visit with the client in person for a few days and have some concentrated time to kind of knock uh, bigger projects out. And then over time, you know, as the client gets more confident, we can lessen calls to once a month, once a quarter, check in once a year, whatever the client needs uh, for us is is what we want to do. But like I said, what we do is is we're working towards a specific goal and we're we're going through a process of specific items to get there. Yeah, boy, well, a lot to unpack there. And um, <laughs> I'm going to throw an analogy at you and hang with me and then we'll see if this this works because I just I just went through this personally and it made me think of after you're going through all that it's a sounds a little bit like physical therapy mm. and here's here's the background on that I, I recently had a little trouble with my ankle right and so the um, the first thing we did when I went to see the physical therapist is you know we talked and and then they did an exam, right? They figured out, okay, what are, what are the, the key things we've got to look at? And uh, it was ended up being more than my ankle, you know, that they, they found that the mm -hmm. problem was. And then we established kind of a, a timeline. And initially when we were working together, it was more uh, intense, kind of like you said, where um, you know, maybe it's like doing an onsite where we come in and we work on something. And then over time, the, my visits spread out you know, mm -hmm. and then eventually we reached the goal where my ankle was where it needed to be. And I was released from, from physical therapy because I'd, um, I'd gotten better, but I'd also picked up all this knowledge along the way. And that's what I liked about my physical therapist was that they weren't just fixing me, you know, but they were mm -hmm. telling me what they were doing, how it was all connected, how, um, problem with my left knee was actually affecting my right ankle. Um, 
And so I was getting a bigger view and I was getting an education, which really, to me, when you talk about empowering someone with knowledge, um, that's what you're doing as a financial coach. So you might also be a physical therapist is all I'm saying. <laughs> well, I would definitely say we consider ourselves to be therapists of a, of a sort <laughs> because we do provide a ton of, of support, I would say, even to definitely the bookkeeper, um, also often the owner because sometimes they are the bookkeeper. <laughs> um, so, yeah, therapist for sure would be an appropriate label in some cases. Okay, well, thanks for indulging me on that. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, what are some classic bookkeeper mistakes that should be avoided? Okay, we've we've talked a lot of kind of high level strategic stuff. What are some of the big mistakes that you see people making that could be avoided? Yeah, that's a, such a great question. Um, I think a good understanding and this can come from coaching also, not to continue to plug coaching relentlessly, but I just obviously believe in what I do, <laughs> um, but is an under, overall understanding of how all the puzzle pieces fit together. So, you know, as a bookkeeper, you're hit with all this data coming at you from all different directions, and they literally are a bunch of puzzle pieces, and how you put the puzzle together will make a good picture, or it won't. Um, I don't know how you put a puzzle together the wrong way, but I guess in accounting, you could do that. Um, so <laughs> I think having an understanding of how your you know, revenue versus expenses um, relate to each other, how your assets versus your liabilities have a relationship and can tell you something about your company's health. Understanding those parts, uh, I think, will really, really aid in not making some of the typical mistakes that I see. Um, mostly. I would say if you have someone who's less concerned about being super meticulous and, and has a huge eye for detail, they're going to, I, I definitely would say that the main mistake would be entering things with a wrong date or a wrong amount. And, you know, it's just a few days here and there, or it's just a couple hundred dollars in the wrong spot. Um, I think if you don't understand that all the pieces truly have to fit together well to tell you a good, reliable story, um, you can kind of get laxed on the details. So mistakes would be detail-oriented things in my mind. So like I said, entering entering data correctly. Oftentimes that's not a bookkeeper's fault necessarily. I would say, again, with the information flow, if the information's not good, they're just basically going to enter what they know. And that may not always be perfect information. So um that would be a, a pretty, probably the most common mistake that I see is just entering something for the sake of it being entered. So I can say I did my job, but I don't really have all of the information fully. And I don't know how it works all together very much. So it, it doesn't really matter. Um, I, I come across that quite a bit. Okay. Now, is there, uh, are there some kind of guidelines for, for, getting information to the bookkeeper on, on a certain timeline for different things. Uh, I don't really have anything in mind. I'm just, uh, that question came to mind of like, if, if we need to get this stuff to the bookkeeper with the next day or within a week, or um, are there some sort of guidelines like that, that, that you could share? 
Oh, yeah, definitely. So different areas of accounting. So let's talk about invoicing. We talked about the AR earlier, accounts receivable. So invoicing information. Typically, you're going to have service technicians in the field. Often, I would say more times than not now, No, not many people deal with paper anymore, um, but using a, a service dispatch software. So billing for their service calls in the software so that our accounting department can process those invoices, process those payments that that the next day. So we always talk about um, we bill today for what we did yesterday, and we're always pushing being COD on service as well. So that's invoicing and payments and deposits that are being done every single day, which we mentioned earlier. Um, the communication there, sometimes I come across technicians maybe holding on to payments till the next day because they're not in the area, um, which that can be solved with a lot of technology. There's so many tools now uh, to receive checks uh, digitally, um, credit card payments, things like that. So many options out there. So those things can be solved. Um, I would say otherwise, other than that, maybe timesheet information, time tracking information, some of that can be solved digitally as well. But getting that to the bookkeeper on time to be able to run payroll accurately, um, any kind of PO or vendor invoicing information sometimes can take its time to get to the accounting department. It could be left in somebody's truck or there, you know, something <laughs> like that. Um, so those those things. I think when I look at some financials with a, a client with a bookkeeper and she says, "Oh well, I don't have all of that in yet," and it's you know, the, the 20th of the month, and we're talking about last month. My question is always, where does that information come from? And if they say, well, so-and-so was supposed to get it to her, who's supposed to go over it and then give it to me, um, we want to talk about that situation and say, what's a better, more efficient way to get this info to you much more quickly? So um, just those day-to-day -day items. And then I would say in general with BDR, we want a full financial report of the previous month by the 15th of the following month. So that is a, a huge goal that we start working to, towards immediately. You know, where is the invoicing to the customers and are our vendor bills entered? Is all of our cash deposit cash uh, payment information is all of that entered. And, and if it's not, then why not? And we'll look at those items specifically. So definitely first goals by the 15th of the month to have everything done for the previous month. And so many parts and pieces go into that. Okay. Well, that is some great guidance there. Um, but let's step back a little bit and look at the really big picture. You know, we, mm -hmm. we find a great, bookkeeper they've got great attention to detail they've got a great attitude um, we get them the training they need on the accounting side trust gets built up between the bookkeeper and the owner um, well, what what can this impact can this have on the company once we've got a really smoothly functioning uh, partnership between an owner and a bookkeeper and some of these processes are in place that you've talked about yeah, so the major, major benefit is for an owner to know where he is financially. I think truly that can give so much peace and understanding and also provide um, just insight into the opportunities, opportunities that you have to improve. Um, I did have a client recently tell me that 
now that they understand their numbers, that they are significantly less um, anxious and less stressed about the company than they were before. And I really do truly believe that even if you're not in a good spot, knowing definitively where you are and what you can do to improve your financial situation provides way more peace than just guessing. Um, so uh, that is, I would say, the number one benefit of having uh, a good pe bookkeeper in place and also having good financials in place, which are brought along by a good bookkeeper, of course. Um, and I think, you know, gosh, having your financials in place, you can now tell the service department directly how each of them are doing efficiency-wise. You know, we need to ha we need to make this or produce this much revenue per truck per person. This is how much you're doing, and how much you're doing, and how much you're doing. This is what needs to be done to improve that. Giving some really solid, actionable goals to each team member, um, installer or service tech or office person. You know, you can earn commission if you sell this many maintenances this month. You know, giving them real numbers and real goals, not just everybody needs to do better. Um, but giving some, giving really good specifics based on where you are financially is a, a huge part of having that tool in place. So, um, yeah, being a team, boosting morale, um, bringing everybody together to kind of be a part of what's happening instead of the owner carrying everything alone. Um, I think all of that really does play into understanding your financials. It, it It's a big piece of that. So, um, benefits are, are definitely giving you a direction. I, to me, it's it's almost like navigation on a ship. If you don't know where you are financially, you don't really know where you can go or where you're supposed to be going. And so all that comes back down to communication, getting a bookkeeper information so that they can keep the books straight, accurate, timely, so that you know what's happening as an owner. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to get lost at sea with your uh, financial... <laughs> No, <laughs> <laughs> I really like what you said about um, producing actionable goals from this accounting information and our financial statements. I just feel like that's something that maybe people don't always connect with, you know, the work of a bookkeeper and, and, and financial statements is, is they're actually these tools that um, tell you how you're doing, but also what you what you should be doing and working on uh, in your business and, and creating actionable goals from them. I thought that that is really cool. Yeah, I think a lot of business owners approach accounting or this is anyway, this is my experience. I don't want to say everybody does this, but they approach accounting from the perspective of I eventually need to file taxes. So I need all of this to be together in one place. Um, but it's so much more than that. And, and I do I, like I said before, it brings so much peace of mind. And and my, one of my favorite things to do in financial coaching is once I have a good relationship with the bookkeeper, I have kind of done that diagnostic like you talked about with your physical therapy. That was such a great um, analogy and, and really determined, okay, what is our path? Where do we need to go? And so once we determine that and we really are able, the accounting team is able to be empowered enough to produce a timely and accurate financial. It, I love the point of getting an owner on a call and saying, this is where you are. This is by industry standards where you should be. Let's talk about why or why not, you know, this is the way it is. And so, and then realizing, oh, I kind of can know where I'm at now. Or, oh, that's what that means. 
or now I can really look at this from an analytical perspective, not just to be in order for taxes. So um, it's a super huge light bulb moment for owners when, when they realize they can really gain some information from uh, the reporting and from the tool that is created from the accounting department. So super, super fun <laughs> for sure, not just for taxes. Yeah, that sounds like that. Those are probably some very rewarding moments for you when that happens with the owner, and they're like, "Hey, I, I, I get it now," and um, mm -hmm. they feel better. They and they have that peace of mind that you talked about uh, related to their financials and their business. That is cool. Yeah, one of the one of the crowning achievements is when an owner will email me or hop on my call and say, "Hey, I noticed." that install labor was high this month and I was wondering about, you know, this specific job and I performed the job costing and it looks, you know, like we didn't price it accurately or, you know, whatever, they're solving their own problems. And so I, I love when, when that happens, when an owner trusts what they're looking at and they're, they kind of become a believer in looking at financials and, and they understand it's telling them something. Um, and potentially offering an area of improvement. That's a super rewarding, super fun part of my job. Absolutely. Yeah. Then, then they're your star student. Um, uh -huh. that, that, <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, oh, this has been a great conversation, Laura. It all started when we wanted to know what owners need to know about bookkeepers. Um, Anything that we've missed that that uh, that an owner should know or or is important to talk about a bookkeeper? Yeah, I think just keeping in mind that uh, a bookkeeper is not there to frustrate or nag. <laughs> I don't like to use say nag. It's a weird word, but it's true. It, it often you know bookkeepers can kind of fall naturally into that category. But at the end of the day they are trying to do a good job for you and getting on the same page is super important. And then also to keep in mind that as financial coaches, I'm willing to be a go-between between a bookkeeper and an owner to kind of get that communication going. Like any relationship, communication is 100% what's going to really be uh, what is dictating success or failure. So um, yeah, I think just trusting each other, getting on the same page uh, and working together is, is kind of the bottom line. Yeah, that's important stuff for, for any relationship uh, in the workplace or, or otherwise. Um, right on. Yeah, I, I, to me, I just envision that uh, it's really kind of almost a partnership between the bookkeeper and the owner on, on the financial side of the business. Um, l let me ask you one, maybe one more question. I'm not going to limit myself, but at least one more. <laughs> um, so. Uh, Owner and a bookkeeper, they've got a great relationship. Things are going well. Companies using their financial statements as as uh, strategic tools, and the company's growing. You know, what's what's the next move after adding a bookkeeper? What um, what would the company do structure wise with their accounting department? With their accounting department, it it depends. I think on where you're headed. If you're really going to grow. Um, if there's no other, you know, uh, admin in place, a dispatcher is a good person to put into place. They can shoulder some of that AR uh, work that the bookkeeper is shouldering. Um, and, and, you know, or uh, over time, hiring different uh, coordinators 
also like install sales coordinator who's going to deal with a lot of the install invoicing. Those kinds of items, I think, can really help support a bookkeeper and be a go-between from the field to the office. Um, so that and just keeping everything in place. So um, after having, you know, like you said, everything's in order, we're, we're doing well, maintaining that consistency is is. 100% the most important thing. And I would say other than hiring other admin uh, support, I would say that having written processes and procedures in place is the next big step. You never know what can happen. You don't want your whole company hinged on one person who only knows how to do everything. Um, and, and so you want to be able to, if, if something were to occur or the bookkeeper wants to take a vacation, yeah. um, someone else can sit at their desk and do their job uh, in, in the way that it needs to be done. So we also help with that. Uh, we, I go over written process and processes and procedures with all my clients eventually. Um, that's one of the phases of our prescriptive process. So having it down somewhere so nobody's held hostage by anybody else is a really good plan to have and with your consistency. Yeah, boy, that that is so important, really, with, with any position. You don't want to be stuck where if, if that one key person leaves, it, then nobody else knows how to do what they did. Um, yeah, that that's, as a manager, I've been in that spot, and that, that is no fun. <laughs> no, it's a hard spot to be in. <laughs> yeah, so capturing that knowledge and, and kind of memorializing it in a process and procedure, that is absolutely the way to go. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what's what's left, Laura? Here, have we have we covered it all? I think so. Um, yeah, like you said before, or like we both said, communication is key in any relationship that you have. And when there is a miscommunication, like I said before, too, when often between owners and bookkeepers, we're just missing each other. And and I think sitting down and really saying, you know what, what are you expecting? What am I expecting? Let's get on the same page. That that can really solve so many, so many uh, areas that need improvement. So, yep, I think other than that, I think we covered a good bit. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much for, for being on the podcast. I totally agree with you that communication, aligning the expectations, um, key stuff here for, for the bookkeeper owner relationship. So thank you. Um, any other final thoughts for the audience? I don't think so. Sign up for financial coaching if it's not something you're doing. <laughs> Cause I, it's, uh, I, it's so rewarding. Like I said before, I love doing it, believe in it a hundred percent. I was a, cl- a client myself, so it, it works, it helps. Um, and yeah, you, you want to be able to use your financials as a tool. So no, other than that. Awesome. Why? Well, and I learned something too. I, I didn't really know that much you know, as a, a 20 year BDR employee. I was not that familiar with what we did on financial coaching. So this was eye opening to me and yeah, there's a ton of value there that, um, the information and the education and the guidance that, that we provide. So Laura, thank you uh, very much. Uh, Thank our listeners. Our topic was what owners need to know about bookkeepers. And until next time, thank you for listening.